Welcome, my friends. Welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. It is Thursday, April 13th. We are here live. It is a free-for-all today. Anything goes. We're going to open the phone lines right now, so jump in. I have a ton of things uh, on my list to talk about today. I'll get started on them, and then we'll see what happens with calls. Jump in and join us, 855-950-3835. My topics are kind of all over the board today. I have some industry stuff, some stuff on the economy, some stuff on the world and politics and what's going on. So let's uh, let's jump in and get started. I'll keep an eye out for your calls. Let's start with uh, the industry stuff. So uh, Craig Fuller, the founder of Freight Waves, has been pretty actively posting over on Twitter a lot of charts. And they're not looking good. I mean, most of them I've been following one One topic, he posted a chart on, I just read something on this yesterday and I was shocked. So I made a note that I needed to go check on some of these things. And then um, Craig posted the data I was looking for this morning. We've talked a lot about this um, tender rejection where the contract freight um, gets turned down and the more often that happens, the worse of a sign that is for us. So the number's down again. I mean, we're watching it every day now. Um, it's technically it's setting a record, but it's not because of COVID. So this is a new number. This number just started being tracked in 2018. This was a new index they created um, at Freight Waves. The lowest it's ever been. Um, was like 2.57, but that was during the COVID lockdown. So that that number's really an anomaly. We're we're in the 2.7 range now. That's really low. It's not a good sign. And, you know, we keep wondering where is the bottom? One of the reasons we're having a hard time finding the bottom is we have both both halves of the equation are moving in the wrong direction still. Uh, when I say halves of the equation, I'm talking about supply and demand. It's what determines pricing of everything. So we know the demand is going down. That That is our biggest issue. There's not enough freight and demand is going down. We've heard about a lot of bankruptcies and trucking and owner operators dropping like flies. We're talking about it. And yet supply is not going down. In fact, it's going up. At, at the very best, it's staying steady. So all of the bankruptcies and, and owner operators going out of business, the person might be leaving the position they're in or the company might disappear. The capacity isn't. Somebody is picking up the trucks and drivers and we're, we're about even. We have not lost any capacity in the market yet. And that's, that's a problem. That just means this will take longer to get through. I, I think there's a lot of reasons. One of the, um, 
reasons that Craig talked about in the article I didn't really understand um, till he put it out there. There are large-scale construction projects around the country that are coming to an end. Then that got me thinking, um, construction itself, uh, even if you don't take into account these large-scale projects, uh, home construction is obviously slowing down. Commercial real estate is a big issue right now. And, you know, we talked about this a couple years ago when the lockdowns happened and everybody started working at home. Now, a lot of companies are are bringing their workers back in, but a lot of those companies are also laying a lot of people off. Commercial real estate looks like it's about to be decimated. So there won't be much new construction going on at all in homes or commercial real estate. What happens that that you get a double whammy in the trucking industry when that happens. Construction creates a lot of work for us. It creates a lot of um, movement of freight, which is a really good thing. When that slows down, that's whammy number one. Whammy number two is those construction workers tend to migrate into trucking when construction slows down. We usually still have more opportunities, at least there's something there. Even when it's bad in trucking, it's usually better than it is in construction. This is a common pattern. We've watched it for years. People come out of construction into trucking. Then when construction picks back up, they move out of trucking. It's a common pattern but it's really going to create havoc with with rates and volumes uh, in the industry. And then on top of that, the COVID effects on real estate and commercial real estate are going to be a big factor in this as well. Um, I was reading a post by an owner-operator that said, boy, things are getting tough. I'm going to have to really clamp down, and and here's what I'm doing to make it through this. So he was kind of giving advice in the post. You know, there are some things in there like, you know, maybe it's time to slow down. Certainly not bad advice. Um, I, I would be a lot more adamant about it's really time to be really aggressive in cutting cost. But in his in his advice piece, he finished it by saying, hey, you know what? And, and oh, well, if none of this works, my banker says that bankruptcy is a financial strategy, not the end of the world. <sighs> that I, I just hate attitudes like that. We do have bankruptcy laws for a reason. I'm pretty familiar with them because I was staring down the barrel of a bankruptcy a couple of times in my business career. It's no fun. And I can remember the bankruptcy attorneys are the first to jump in and tell you, oh, absolutely, you should do it. Well, no, you shouldn't. I created a whole bunch of debt by the mistakes that I made. And to just walk away from that debt because it was easy just did not feel right. This was, I was still in my 20s the first time this happened. But I thought, that's just not right. If there's still a chance I can pay this money back, I'm going to. And I did. I managed to to make it through twice, two two times in my um, business career. I've been really close to bankruptcy. 
I made it through both times. So that attitude, well, if this doesn't work, I'll just file bankruptcy. That's bullshit. We got to stop that kind of stuff. That's the kind of thinking that is destroying capitalism. That's selfish. Well, I'll just take the easy way out. No, you fight like hell to fix the mistakes you made. And then if you ultimately do have to file bankruptcy, that's what the law is there for. It shouldn't be an easy escape, though, and we shouldn't have attitudes like that. And I can't believe that came from a banker. Or maybe I can believe it came from a banker. Um, on top of that, if we don't have enough things to worry about and struggle in trucking right now, I'm seeing all kinds of headlines about new, tougher EPA standards on cars and trucks. Um, the Biden administration just announced the toughest ever standards on cars. There's a new one coming out on trucks. What a mess. What an absolute mess this whole thing is. Um, I am going to uh, make a statement here, and, and um, I, I can't believe I'm actually at this point, but I am. Um, I am now totally willing to call myself an anti-vaxxer. I, I was never anti-vax in that traditional sense, and, and maybe I should have been. I was skeptical. It was a very confusing issue, and now I understand why it was confusing, because the government and the big pharma companies made it confusing. Uh, I, I don't believe in vaccines at all anymore. We need to start over on that completely. The government lost me completely on that one. Here's another one. Uh, go back over the last six or seven years of my shows. I've been a pretty big proponent of the whole electrical movement. Talked about how much I love the tools that I've got that are electric. What, a, what an awesome uh, improvement that's been on the tool side and equipment side. And I think electric vehicles could be pretty awesome. And yet I will now say I'm anti-EV. They've lost me. I, I just, we are going to screw the pooch so bad on this whole electric vehicle electrification. I, I am just sick with what the government is doing with this. So now I'm totally anti-EV. I, I, I almost, when, when we bought our last new vehicle, the Range Rover, almost bought a Tesla. I was seriously thinking about it. I wanted to experience an electric vehicle. I, I thought the Teslas, especially for the way we drive a car, I don't commute. Um, it, it wouldn't be any big inconvenience for me to have an electric vehicle. It would probably work really well for me. I'm not doing it. I'm so glad I didn't buy one then. And then I did say my next vehicle will be electric. No, I've changed my mind. They've lost me. I will do nothing to promote the move to electric. Not the way they're doing it. They are making a total mess of it. And it has nothing to do with the environment. In fact, I will predict the way they're pushing EVs, we will screw the environment. It's going to get far worse because they're making a mess of this. Let the free market do it. And they're just not. So um, they're they're going to hit us with all kinds of penalties 
They're going to make it very difficult to own an internal combustion engine, and they're going to do everything in their power to push us to these electric vehicles, and it's a mistake. So they've totally lost me on on two big issues. All right, what else do I have here? I know I had a ton of stuff going on. Um, This one, I'm going to throw this out. I I was thinking about doing an entire open, almost an hour on this topic and what our world might look like in the future. But I, I, I need to do some real thinking on this. Not that I haven't been, I have a lot. In fact, it's one of the problems. I spend way too much time reading bad news and thinking about where we're going on so many issues. I thought I would do a whole show on all the things that seem to be so screwed up in our world. Um, And then I started working on it and got even more depressed. So I'm going to set that one aside. But here's something I, um, I am concerned about. There were a couple topics that, that we used to really avoid. You know, it it just didn't say certain things, and it wasn't to be politically correct. It was just that there are certain things we probably shouldn't say, and and it doesn't have anything to do with free speech, just common sense. Um, We don't talk about civil war in this country. You know, that's something we're very, very careful not to mention or threaten or allude to. Well, let me correct myself. That used to be the way it was, just just not that long ago. You just didn't do that. It's just not a good idea. You know, it's kind of like the, everybody wants to throw Hitler into the mix. We should just stop that. Stop comparing people to Hitler. It's not a good idea. We shouldn't be talking so blatantly or cavalierly about civil war, but we are. It, it's mentioned quite often now in this country. That's a scary thought, really is. Let's just think about it for a second. You can't compare it to the first civil war. That was geographical. It was the North versus the South. And, And if you've read anything about the civil war, that was pretty horrendous because relatives and friends were fighting each other, but not That's nothing compared to what would happen today if we had a civil war. It would not be geographical, not at all. And the fact that it was geographical made it less bad. Imagine today, if there were a civil war. Again, we never used to even talk about this. But if there were, it is ideological it's not geographical. The, the war would be between different ideas of how we should run this country, meaning geographically we're all mixed up. I, I, look at me. Boy, talk about behind enemy lines with, with my politics in the state that I live in. But think about that. That's how the whole country is. I mean, the only geographic split you can kind of apply to this is most of the blue voters are in cities and most of the red voters are outside of cities somewhere in the suburbs and in the more rural area. I guess the suburbs are really mixed. You know, the cities tend to be very blue. The rural areas seem to be very red and everything else seems to be purple. 
that's that creates a a really big issue. So it's uh, it's kind of scary that we're talking about that, and I, I see that being thrown around uh, so casually. At the same time, on the world stage, for a long, long time, we've avoided the the word nuclear. And we're talking about that all the time now. We're talking about how many countries have the capability, who could hit us here in the continental United States. Um, will Russia drop one on Afghanistan if things get too bad? We're talking about it way more than we should be. And again, we can't use World War II as a comparison. If it happens, it's going to be a very, very different um, war this time. And, And I'm a little shocked that we're talking about it. And let's throw in one more. And this came out of nowhere and it happened fast. But I I would also say that we need to be very, very careful that we don't end up in some kind of goofy war with artificial intelligence and bots. This is happening so fast, this artificial intelligence and, and what's possible or what it might be capable of. And it is like, full steam ahead and nobody's really trying to take their time and as this rolls out really dig deep into some of these issues it's really a a very uh very interesting time to say the least um what else did i have i had a ton of stuff today um I think I'm going to get to some calls, though. I'll get to some calls, find out what's on everybody else's mind, and then um, maybe I'll come back to some of these topics. If you want to jump in, now's the time, 855-950-3835. I will stay here and take your questions until we run out or until 10 o'clock, and then we will head on into Rolling Toe with Mike and Kevin Beckett. Let's uh, let's get started in Texas today. Gary, welcome to the program. Hello, Kevin. I'm up to a bad area up here, not too many miles, so no, I hope not. But I, I, I did a new interview, and I was going to see if you wanted to go over that with me or Sure. Yeah, I've got it here right in front of me. Um, kind of an interesting NutriQ. I might be able to make some guesses, but tell me about your diet. Uh, ever since I've got this SIBO, or I don't know if it's SIBO or not, but about a month ago or maybe five weeks ago, my diet's always been good according to what the way you teach to eat. Yeah, I, I thought so. Um, yeah, and... and the last few weeks, strictly being carnivores. Got it. Okay. And our biggest issue with you is the upper digestive discomfort that we believe right now is SIBO. Um, looking at the Nutri-Cure, I think we're on the right track. I, I think we've got to address this as SIBO, and, and that may be the only thing we have to deal with here. Um, now, I did do the breath test, and I've got an appointment with my doctor Monday, and she... I'm hoping she'll go over that breath test with me. I, I, 
Yeah, I'd like to see the results there. There are, we don't always test for everything that could be an indication of SIBO. If it's positive, we know for sure you've got it. If it's negative, we can't rule it out completely. We we still have to look at it. It, it, There are, there, so SIBO is bacteria up in the upper digestive tract where it doesn't belong. And it causes problems because it starts to ferment our food early in the process. And that fermentation causes gas. That's where we get the pain, the discomfort, the bloating. Uh, but then it disrupts the rest of the digestive process as well. So it gets confusing because we see other digestive issues start to pop up. But it almost always comes back to the SIBO. Clear that up and usually everything else resolves. So it'd be interesting to see the test, but I think either way, I would a- approach this as, as let's assume it's SIBO causing the problem and work on that. Okay. So right now, the only thing I'm doing and the only thing I've been doing is I went to the calling more diet. Is that the route so, I need to go at this yeah. time? Yeah, and it's absolutely the best way to go. Um, We're worried about fermentation in the gut here, and animal products are the hardest to ferment. You're not going to get fermentation of animal products in the gut. Um, Any plant matter you might consume is what would ferment. So getting rid of the plants at this point is actually a good strategy. You may even get some relief from that we would actually stop probiotics and fermented foods for a little while. We don't want to add that load into this right now. We'll go back to them, of course, but we would drop those right now. And I would start with the just the original version of Atrantil. We do have a new like super version for those really, really tough cases of SIBO that we just can't get rid of. Uh, but I like to start with the, the the regular product, the one that's been around forever. Um, we have really, really good results with it. And that's it. I mean, this 99% chance this will just resolve itself with that plan. And if not, then we move on to the next version of uh, Atrantil. So on Trontil, when I order that, just take it according to the directions. Yep. Yep. Just take it just as the dose says, pretty straightforward. Um, Usually one bottle of this is all we're going to need if you're doing the other stuff right and and you are. So I I think we should probably get through this pretty quick. It does seem like it gets better, quite a bit better. Good. And that's a good sign. That's a a good sign that we're on the right track. You cut out the plants things got better, that's a pretty good chance you were fermenting those plants high up in your gut. Yeah, and, uh, when I go to the restroom, that gate, it, uh, it's beginning to firm up some. Good, so good. That's a good sign also. Yeah, it is. Like I said, that SIBO is way, way up high. It starts there, but it disrupts the rest of the digestive system. So we see other symptoms, and, and sometimes those will confuse doctors, and they'll go chase those symptoms. But the root cause of everything that's happening with your digestion right now, I believe, is SIBO. So let's go attack that first. Yeah. Okay. And can I ask you what causes SIBO uh, and how does it come on? Or 
so there's there's a yeah there's there's a couple things um too many plants too many fermented foods and we tell people eat all the fermented foods you want you know we are now backing off on how many plants we eat uh, i don't believe humans should be eating that many plants so sometimes that's part of it it there's a theory that the let me get this valve right um the ileocecal valve, I believe, is the one between the small and large intestine. And it's like a, um, think of like a trash can where you step on the little pedal and the trash can lid flips open. And then when you take your foot off, it closes again, right? right? That's kind of how we have a couple digestive valves that work similar to that. It's not perfect, but it's uh, kind of gives you an idea. Um, those valves can get weak and sometimes it's a nutritional deficiency. This is the same thing that happens with heartburn, but that is the lower esophageal sphincter that gets weak and starts to drop open. So sometimes nutritional deficiencies or other issues, stress causes that valve to start to kind of get weak and open. That allows the bacteria to migrate out of your large intestine where we want it. And it gets up into the small intestine where we don't want it. So our first job is let's get rid of the bacteria where it doesn't belong. And if it doesn't come back, then we're good. If it does come back, then we have to go see, okay, so SIBO wasn't the root cause. There's something that keeps allowing the SIBO to happen. That's the root cause, and we've got to go figure out what it is. Okay. And looking back now that I know this, I've had poopy problems for at least 10 years. And, uh, yep. And like, uh, I mean, it just hadn't been right for many years. And so maybe this was something that just gradually worked up to where I'm at now. And I didn't know it. Yeah. Yeah. Very possible. You know, it, it, the symptoms early on are, are things that people experience all the time. I mean, do you know anybody that at some point hasn't eaten a meal and sat there and, and felt like, whoa, I feel awful? We've all been there. Sometimes hey, I just I know, eat too much. I know, a lot, I know a lot of people have got a lot of friends that's got poopy problems now, so <laughs> oh, they may be headed down the same road I am. I, that's the thing. I mean, think of how much we used to talk about digestion on this show. It was an everyday thing. It was constant. Right. And look at how many different digestive kits we ended up developing. And and it worked. We don't talk about digestion nearly as much as we used to. The people who follow these types of diets have fewer and fewer problems. And, and once they have a problem, we, I haven't found one we can't fix yet. We're always able to figure it out and fix it. The general population, I mean, think about, I I don't know anybody who doesn't suffer from digestive issues anymore. I mean, it's just so common. Yeah. Yeah. So in your opinion, I just need to keep doing, uh, I don't need to have follow-up meeting or anything with, I don't um, think so. Laura, no. Just continue doing I, what I'm doing and see what turns up. I would give this at least 30 days. One one full round of the bottle of Atrantil, however long that lasts. And when that time period's over, if you don't have complete 
remission. If you don't have complete, um, you know, removal of all the symptoms, then reach back out to us and it will go from there. If everything's fine, then just carry on. I'll sure do it, Kevin. I appreciate it a lot. You're welcome. Thanks for the call. Let's go to Texas. Fred, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin. What's on your mind today? So, uh, Well, I wanted to talk about uh, that freight weights article, but then on hold, I had a few other things that came in. Um, on the real estate, um, I believe you're right on the commercial, but because of the lack of inventory, I think you might be missing a little bit on the on a residential building. Um, I think the credit, the credit crisis is going to be a lot, a lot worse for the economy than anyone counting on. Um, the, the refinancing of debt and the, and, and these mortgages on a commercial real estate, I think are going to go into free fall because of people working remotely now and not using these office spaces. Um, it, and just the tightening of the banks for credit is really going to hurt a lot of a lot of a lot of small businesses that use revolving credit. Yes, to keep afloat. Yes, absolutely. So this is this is the main this is the main I think the main thing that people are missing. Um, hey, hey, I just thought uh, of something. In my opinion, anyway, I, I just thought yes, of something. Sir. You know how I feel about factoring. Yes. And factoring, for the most part, in the last 10 years, the rates to factor, they did get a lot better. You know, I used to talk about factoring rates at 5 and 6%. Now, that's the factor rate. And then we have to try yes. to explain to people that if the factoring rate is 5%, then if you want to compare that to any other way of borrowing money, you have to convert that to an annual interest rate, which makes it a 60% interest rate. Now, if anybody wants to call and argue with me the math today, I'll be happy to do it. I've been arguing that math for 30 years and people don't get it. Over time, those rates have been coming down year after year after year. We got down into, I've seen some deals at 3%. And people will say, oh, look, I've actually look. had offered us 1.5%. I, I think it did really, really get down. And, and that, but then we have to throw in the other confusing factor of is it recourse or non recourse? And that confuses people. Right. Uh, if it's, you know, one or the other, that rate can change pretty dramatically. But even at 3%, I had to tell people that is still a 36% annual interest rate. You are being raped. These are horrible rates to even consider, but people do it. Well, I have to believe those factor rates are going back up. They're based on interest rates. Oh, I can't see how they're not. Right. I can't see how they're not. So there's another whammy at at a time when owner operators need to do everything they can to cut costs to the bone. If they've been depending on factoring, those costs are going up. Yes. Yes. Well, I got, you know, you always say that the the money in trucking is in with uh, trailers. I have a very good example of that actually today. Um, One of my customers I'm doing a chemical work for. 
called me last night. I was actually uh, just finished getting the trailer washed washed out, and he says, "Are you busy tomorrow?" And I actually wasn't. And I said, "No." I says, "I have nothing. I have your load on Friday." He said, "You still have your flatbed?" I said, "Yeah." He says, "Well, I have a load of totes going locally. You want to do it?" Awesome. I'm like, "Absolutely." Yes. So I did that load. I'm actually in my yard, finished for the day. That's how quick it was. Nice. It won, it won 72 miles, and it, he paid me a grand for it. <laughs> I'm, okay, I'm okay with that. I'll do yeah, that every day. I I'll do that every day. Absolutely. And absolutely. Yeah, it, it sounds to me sounds to me like it was a pretty light load. No, it was it was 16 totes, and it was on the flatbed, so it doesn't have the, the, the slosh. I don't know if you ever hauled the tank before, but oh, I, you know, with the yeah. single-barrel tank, right. it, it, you know, if you stop the wrong way, it, it feels like someone rear-ended you. Yeah. Um, yeah. So with, on the flatbed, the totes, it doesn't have any movement, so it's just like a regular load. So it's, you I, know, I kind of – yeah, when I, I loaded at a place I go to regular. When I heard totes. So they I know was, me. They got me yeah. in and out. I, I was used to the return – totes empty i used to do a lot of that kind of stuff yeah right 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 yeah so i mean they i got there this morning and they're like what are you doing here with a flatbed i said oh, <laughs> I got today. And, they, and so they they took two forklifts and they loaded me i was out of there in 25 minutes i ran over to the place that i delivered to which i've been to with the tank and uh and they saw me and they came right over and unloaded me and it was uh 40 minutes from my from my yard so nice. i'm back home Nice. Yeah. You know, so, you know, yeah. if you pay attention, you can pick trailers up at awesome deals all the time. We can buy older trailers. We don't need to buy real new equipment. We don't have any emission issues with trailers. So you can pick up trailers at a price that allows you to park them. And a lot of times if you use them once a month, it makes sense to have it there. Right. Well, that's just it. I had this trailer sitting here and a good friend of mine saying, what are you going to do with that new trailer? Because the trail, the flatbed I have is a 2021 Fontaine aluminum spread nice. axle. Yeah. axle. It's a really nice trailer. Yeah, it is. Right. So I'm like, you know, I don't know. He says, why don't you, why don't you, why don't you get rid of it? Because you're in a tank business. Now. And I said, yeah, maybe. So I actually called the dealer I bought it off of and he said, send me pictures. And I procrastinated around the last few weeks. And all of a sudden, now I got that load. I'm like, you know what? It's not <laughs> me anything to hold it. No, it's really you know? not. I think I'll just, I think I'll just keep it. Yes. Yeah. So, absolutely. I mean, it's paid for. It's you know, there's nothing, no, there's nothing, nothing that I need to do to it. Right. Um, I actually replaced all the tires uh, last year, uh, so it's brand new. You know, the tires maybe have thirty thousand miles on them. You know, so I, nice. Nice. Um, yeah. Yeah. Can you believe I, the, the idea I was shocked when I saw this number that we're not losing any capacity in the industry. Not yet. Right. Not yet. Not yet. I think and, that's, that's going to come now. Yeah. It's, listen, I had a very interesting conversation with a Schneider broker. Uh, cause you know, he, him and I became, you know, we started chatting and, and, uh, he, told me now this is Snyder um, tank work he said that he has a bunch of customers that he had um, contracts with that negated the contract because it's cheaper on the spot market so work he thought he was going to have all year long is no longer theirs 
Correct. Yep. And that's what's happening with these big carriers. So that might be some of the fallout why we don't see the small carriers going out of business yet. Yeah, I think it, it, you know, when you see the rates where they are, they've dropped fast. Um, You know, we were talking about for a while, the rates really aren't coming down that much as much as we would expect them to. Well, that changed quickly. The rates are dropping like crazy. The tender rejection is dropping every day. We're watching that number. And yet we see this number that, you know, 100,000 new trucks came into the market. Uh, They're not new trucks. We're just really. Oh, you're saying new. Okay. People are still coming in. That's why we're kind of at a net, a, a net even. We're lo- we are losing okay. trucks. Trucking companies are going bankrupt. We know it. I, I report on it all the time. Owner operators are going bankrupt. I report right. on it. The problem is, or the right. the situation is, there's there's work out there somewhere, and there's still good enough yep. rates that people are buying these trucks and hiring the drivers. So it it hasn't right. stopped yet, and clearly there's too much capacity and not enough volume. But it nobody's figured that out yet. Well, I mean, when you like look at this, uh, like with my situation, when a broker or a customer or uh, if you have direct freight, when they have a good carrier and they don't want to lose them, they're not going to really go to dropping the rates so quickly. Number one. And number two, they're, if they're going to need more capacity because their sector is busy, they're going to look at that carrier to grow. So there, there is some, there is some, you know, some, I guess, validity to that. Yeah, it, it's just, um, you know, and it, it's nothing we didn't know. We knew this was coming. We, we've predicted it may be one of the worst we've ever faced. Uh, there's a lot of reasons to believe that. Uh, it's not just speculation. We're looking at history. We're looking at the numbers and everything seems to point to the fact that this will be longer and deeper than any recession we've been through. Yeah, I, I believe you're right. Um, now, there is a, I watched a, uh, a Tucker Carlson Today interview yesterday uh, while I was waiting to get the trailer washed out. And it's it's uh, the, the, the headline is uh, capitalism in crisis. And this guy is a, uh, a think tank guy, um, and he has a very, a very unique perspective on uh, why, how we got to where we are and why it's not changing. I think you should watch it and then maybe, you know, you can comment on it or we can revisit it. Because yeah, I, I'm going to do it at this service to some, some degree. I'll, I'll um, check that out. Yesterday. Yeah. I'll, I'll yeah. check that out. Capitalism hey, in crisis. Uh, yeah. One more topic I want to throw out. I've got you on the line here. You know, we started talking about with the train derailment, you know, how many trains are derailing? What's with all these toxic fires? What, what's going on? You know, we had chicken plants exploding and food manufacturing places going up in smoke. And we were talking about that for a while. Um, there have been a couple big ones here in the last couple of days. There was a big... Um, fire in Richmond, Indiana. It was at a an industrial facility. They store plastics and other recyclable materials. Um, huge, huge fire. Big smoke plume that they say is toxic. They were evacuating people. Turns out 
That one was started by a commercial truck at the dock. The truck caught on fire and then spread to the building and became this massive, massive blaze. And and like I said, it's toxic. And but then there's another one. When I first saw this one yesterday, I thought it was a hoax, Uh, but it's not. Did you see that there have been two big dairy fires at, at dairy facilities the first one before I had well, a chance to an explosion. Well, the first one before I even had a chance to go figure out what was going on with the first one. Another one happened. The one you're talking about in Texas, 18,000 cows died. Wait a minute. Yes. How, how is that possible? Well, what, I'll what, tell you what, what they said to on the news today. Let's I'll think about this for a second. We have explosions right. in buildings with people in them all the time. You know, if you have three or right. four or five or six people die in an explosion, that's a really, really big thing. How do you have an explosion that kills 18,000 animals? No, it's not the explosion. See, I thought the same as you. It was the smoke inhalation that asphyxiated oh. the cows. Oh, so it God. was the aftermath of the explosion. Yeah, I didn't know what happened there, and I'm like... And actually, the person, there was a female inside the building, and she's actually got airlifted. I think she's going to make it. Wow. So Crazy. That's, that's, I heard that on uh, on Fox, I think on early morning Fox News, they were talking about it. And uh, that was the report I heard, huh. um, you know, uh, like 4 o'clock this morning. Um, I haven't really listened to the news since then. But uh, so you, another thing. You um, always wonder. It's why, why of, why is so much of this centered around food facilities? I don't know. That makes I, you I wonder. Have no idea. Yeah. That, it that, makes you scared. It does. It really does. Um, one, one thing I was thinking about, uh, actually this morning. So I had a friend, um, he was actually somewhat of a partner or kind of like a percentage partner of mine when I had my heating oil business in New York. And this guy, I, you know, you, you, you know, like, like people look at us now about carnivore and keto and, and, and they say that we're strange, we're, we're the norm, but we're strange, you know? So this guy here was all about sun worship. He was all about this spirulina and a few other things. Do you have a lot of any knowledge about this? Because I'm, I was thinking about this guy Joe just recently about that, and um, so, he used to make a some kind of smoothie with chia seed and spirulina and so here, all kinds of stuff. Here's where I would go with that. So I, I am very familiar with spirulina, also referred to as blue green algae. Uh, one of the best, right, right, blue green algae, right. One of the best sources in the world of the cleanest, most potent blue green algae is right here in Oregon, Crater Lake. Here, here's my right. take on all of this. Look, I've tried these things when they come out. Oh, let me try that. Let me see what happens. Nothing, zero. Nothing has ever improved or changed from any of these crazy superfoods that they always talk about. Um, uh, You know, there have been tons of them. So now I also start thinking about Sally K. Norton's book. Not only are they not superfoods, they're not getting us something we absolutely need. They're toxic. Okay. I, yeah, I'm not okay. a I'm not a fan Look, of this kind of stuff. Let's think about something. And her and I, we, we talked about this um, in the mini series. If these superfoods are so important to human health, 
The problem is 99.9% of the population never had access to them. If, if this stuff yeah. only grows in Crater Lake in Oregon, how could it be that important for human health? And all of these other superfoods right. all seem to grow somewhere in the Amazon rainforest. Well, that doesn't make right, sense. Right, right. Yeah, because I was uh, this, this when I had my my accident and I blew my tenants apart. I was laid up at the house, and he was over my house every day, uh, bringing me sushi. And then he started talking to me about this, and me because I've always been somewhat like I, like you worked out, always kind of. And I'll try anything, me you know, too. and right. see how it works. And and so so he was making me these smoothies, and I was drinking them. And you know, I was losing weight anyway because I went on a. I just kind of put myself on, and not 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 that like a like a Atkins diet at the time because that's what I knew. Um, you know, where it wasn't quality food, but it was right. just mostly meats. It was mostly yeah. you know some dairy, and I actually lost twenty pounds sitting stagnant for four months. Um, just because I wasn't eating the carbs and the, and all the garbage, you know? Right. Um, but, uh, yeah, I was drinking these shakes and I'm like, you know, these smoothies, I'm like, I don't really see any, exactly. it make me feel more energetic. I, nothing. It, and I'm saying to right. myself, maybe, yeah, I mean, you know, and he was, you know, playing handball every day and walking and running and he, you know, just, you know, and a permanent tan, he would go to Florida in the winter to make sure he kept his sun exposure right. up. It, just one of those guys, you know? He looked like Donald Trump, where he's, he's, he's orangey and, tan all, day, all the time. Right. And here's the thing. He could have kept doing all those things, which are all good. Get more sun. You know, I, I get yep. it. You know, be active, yep. be outdoors. I, I get all that. He could have done all those same things, dropped all his goofy, weird supplements, and nothing would have been different. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he went to his holistic NTP who I, he said, you have to come over to Brooklyn and meet her and all this. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would never do, I didn't do all of that at the time. You know, at the time he was the wacko. Now we'd probably get more. more Oh, absolutely. Right. And, and I'd be, I I have been there right there with him. I've tried all these things. That's how I came to my opinions. I I tried them. I did the research. I I spent, I spent a ton of money on this stuff, putting in the cabinet, making myself smoothies and stuff like that. And, I'm like, you know, after a month or two, I'm like, you know, none of this stuff is really working. It doesn't. Let's go back to scotch and, and steak. Yeah, <laughs> none of these these superfoods that come around. And here's the other thing. If something really works, the odds are, it's not a slam dunk, but the odds are it will probably catch on. Let's look at what's happened yeah. with paleo keto carnivore. This movement has grown and grown and grown. It's not a fad like everybody said. It, it's working and it's growing. I can't think of a, right. I can go back 30 years and I can't think of a single superfood that is actually popular and people consume every day now. Why not? Right, if these right. things and, are so great, thing would have caught on. Right. And that's why we're getting the pushback on the keto like diet and how it's toxic for people. And you're going to die of cholesterol or, you know, and all this other yeah. stuff, you know. So, um, you know, but uh, I was going to say I was going to ask you. And, oh, uh, while I got you on the phone, I was thinking about making the uh, the Davis Sibo uh, uh, yogurt. OK. Did I just do it like the El Ruderai? Throw the three uh, three bacteria in there and maybe a little extra in- inulin or. 
the how, how, three bacteria, which three bacteria are you talking about? Well, wasn't isn't there wasn't there L. ruteri and two other ones? That oh, in the Sibyl. The That's right. Yeah, that then it, it is. Yeah. You, you ju- right. It's same thing. And and you really don't need any extra so, inulin. I don't believe he probably has the you don't. the amount. Okay, right. I'm just yeah. think, no, I'm I don't just, think you should. I'm thinking more bacteria, maybe more more food for them to eat in the thirty six hours. Um, you know, we, without doing a lot of testing over and over and over, we'll never be completely accurate with this stuff. But, but I think Dr. Davis has done enough that I would trust his amounts and his times and his temperatures. Yeah. I mean, one of the, one of the tribe members actually reached out to me privately and he sent me a digital copy of his book last night, which was very nice. I want to thank him. He should, if he's listening, he'll hear me. Um, I haven't had a chance to open it, but I figured you've made it or you've, you know, you've made a lot of this yogurt. Yeah. So, you know, getting it from, getting it from you would be, uh, you know, um, spot on. And I, I got your comment on the, um, the play bath. Now what was just very hot water and blend that and then dump it in a a bath. Uh, yeah. Yep. That's all you do is just, and I think, think if i remember right those instructions are on the the can that tell you how much to put in the blender and um i have a really really big soaking tub um i love hot baths so i have a big soaking tub so I, it takes me like if i remember right it takes me like four blenderfuls to do it oh okay. yeah okay I'm, i haven't taken a bath and i couldn't tell you when so um, while a wife is away, I might do that. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. The, you know, it, it's my favorite place to read. It, it's the most comfortable. I, I, well, I never realized why, well, you're almost weightless. You know, it's really, yeah. it's a really, really comfortable way to read. So I, and, and even without the clay, a hot bath is detoxing. Um, we talked about that right. yesterday. Uh, anything that now we don't realize we're sweating because we're underwater. You know what? What first made me think about this? Like I said, I take a lot of hot baths. What first made me realize right. something was happening is every time I get out of a hot bath, I'm like crazy thirsty. I'm like, what's with that? And then it dawned on me: you're probably sweating a lot. You just don't realize it. Now, what do you like? I they have the. Uh... The salt baths, like the, uh, you know, my wife had the, uh, I forgot the name of it. They're in a blue package. Epsom the, salt. Uh, yeah, Epsom salt. Epsom salt. Oh, they have different. You know, uh, what, you know what Epsom salt yeah. is? Magnesium, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's magnesium. And you will absorb yeah. it right through your skin. Taking Epsom salt right. baths. Right. I think that's will, another will thing improve. I'm going to have. Right. Yeah. Oh, I put Epsom salt in, yeah, in the bath every time. I have six different, yeah, yeah. you know, varieties of Epsom salts. Right. Uh, Epsom yeah, I mean, salts my wife has the one, in, it's, a, it's in a blue bag, I think Dr. Dr. Yep, like same one I've got. Same one. Yep. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah and it's basically just Epsom salts, which is magnesium, and then they use essential oils. Like they might use lavender, which right. is good for sleep. They might use citrus, which is actually good for kind of waking you up. And um, so... It, Really good things, and then add the magnetic clay uh, a couple times, and that's really, really detoxing. You know, the um, I've never experienced one. Um, Lisa actually did did this once with the, some of the employees and a team from the company. Um, 
there are these sensory deprivation chambers you can go do. You can find them in usually any major city. And what they do is it's like a you're enclosed in kind of a bubble or a tunnel kind of thing. There's water in there. So you're you're in water. It's salt water. And they use enough salt in the water that you achieve neutral buoyancy. So you can like I don't float. I mean, I I sink like a rock. Um, (laughs) Swimming is not easy for me. Now, I've been in in the water my whole life. I love the water. I'm a very, very comfortable swimmer. I'm not fast, not even close. I'm one of the slow. I don't know why I swim so slow, but I just do. Uh, As much as time as I've spent in the water. And again, I'm comfortable. If I had to swim a mile to save my life, I could do it. Um, But I I just don't float well. But in in these tanks, you do. They put in enough salt so that you actually achieve neutral buoyancy and you don't have to work at it. You can just lay there and you float perfectly and they're dark and there's, you know, certain sounds going on so that it takes away all sensory input. You don't feel gravity. You don't see light. The sounds you hear are very neutral. Uh, And it's supposed to be a way to just kind of clear your mind. And there's some detoxing of, I I almost want to, you know, install one of those at home or figure out, you know, how I can turn my deep, soaking tub into, you know, how, how much salt do I have to put in there to make it neutral buoyancy? Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you, um, another thing I wanted to comment on was the, the civil war thing. Okay. And that, that always brings me back to actually a movie, an old John Wayne movie with rock Hudson called the undefeated. And it's the very first part of the movie it's right at the end of the Civil War, and John Wayne is a colonel in the Union Army, and, and he's fighting a, a rebel battalion. And he, and he goes over there with a white flag, and he talks to a one-armed lieutenant. And the guy, you know, listen, you know, uh, Lee surrendered to Grant, and he says, yes, sir, we know. And he says, how long have you known? And he said, two days. He says, well, why'd you keep on fighting? He says, because you're on our land. And he said, but we're all Americans. And he said, that's always been the saddest part about it we're all Americans and we're killing each other. And it just, when I saw that, when I was a little boy, it just kind of resonated with me. Like 700 American, 700,000 Americans lost their life close to it in a civil war. Uh, it was horrendous. Uh, and it, like yeah. I said, it's family members, it's friends, it's relatives, it's acquaintances. Yep. And we live in yep. a world now or a country that is very, very different I personally know people who live all over the country. I personally know yep. people who have very different ideological views that I have. Uh, it's a scary yep. thought to think of where we're headed with this and how do we stop it? Yeah, I mean, I, I hear a lot of people making light of it. Oh, you know, they don't have guns because they're, they're liberals. Well, that's not always true, but who cares about that? Exactly. Why does even go there? Right. Right. You know, and I've, I've joked about it It, because there was a time when you didn't take this seriously. You kind of laughed it off. So it didn't become serious. I'm not joking about this anymore. This is a concern. Yeah. No, I know. I know. And, the, you know, it, and, I don't and know no if anybody, one in the leadership position it, it's, is, is, is even trying to stop it. Not at all. 
Not not at all. No one. They're, they're not even acknowledging that it's happening. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the scary part about it. And they're just they just keep pushing and pushing and pushing. You know, like like this whole look look at look at what happened with Anheuser Busch with this whole transgender thing. They're they're down five billion dollars in market value. I think it's more now. I think it's approaching seven now. It might be more now, but I'm just this was this was yesterday and right. I'm like just you know, like not nothing against transgendered people. This is just you're pushing a narrative that ninety nine percent of the country is not not that. You, you know who's one of the most outspoken critics of this whole thing? Caitlyn Jenner. Yes. Oh, big time. Uh, uh, yes, Caitlyn Jenner is very against men and women sports. He says, yes. it, "Well, she says it, whatever you want to call them." You know, uh, says it all the time. It, absolutely. Yeah. And I, that's that's that is a really, really confusing issue right now. I, I don't get it yeah. at all. This is such a, a well, tiny percentage of the population. First off, there, there's right. so many things we could talk about this. Why now is this this becoming such a big issue um, I, I have, uh, my opinions and it has to do with the, uh, we have a, we do have a pandemic in this country. We have a shortage of testosterone. Which I, 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 I don't know what. Hello. Are you there? No, nope, I'm still here. Kevin. Oh boy. Uh, Kevin. Angie, are you hearing me? We seem to be having an audio issue here. I still hear Fred, but he doesn't seem to be here. Yeah, they are. Me. They are. I got you now. I got you now. Oh, am I back? Hello? Yeah, you're back. Yeah, I, yeah you, I lost you there for a second. You were saying there's a pandemic in this country, and yeah. I didn't hear your answer. Yeah, there is. It's a shortage of testosterone, and I'm serious. Oh, I, yeah. I, no, 100%. And there, not only a shortage of testosterone, a, a imbalance of all the hormones that are really important, but the biggest one seems to be a lack of testosterone in males, and, and them believing that they are now females. And there's biology behind that. It's testosterone that makes us feel like a male. So when these people say they feel like they're trapped in a woman's body, they're correct. That, that doesn't mean they God meant them to be a woman. It means that our diet well, is so all screwed the soy up. Products, exactly. Their all hormones the soy are products, so all the soy products. Yeah. Right. Right. Yes. And not enough yes. meat. And the vegetarian, and, the vegetarian, the whole, yes, the whole, you know, I, I said this before, you know, I think the youth of today, because we're getting more and more secular, and it's, this is not about, being holier than now because I've done way more than my fair share of sins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but, but, um, you know, I, I always had, I always had faith and I always believed in a, in a higher power and I would be judged one day for the stuff I've done. They've taken that away. And I think the youth is searching for something to hold on to, to give them some kind of belonging which the church and everything gave everyone belonging back, you know, whether it was a synagogue, a mosque or, or, or a Christian or a Catholic church, 
that gave everyone a sense of belonging in a community. A- absolutely. That's that's diminished and disappearing. There's something else, though, that that gave people a sense of belonging and um <sighs> A job, a career, a business that used to be a very, very big focus. That's where a lot of us got our meaning from outside of religion. Um, That that the attitude towards work and careers and jobs and businesses has changed dramatically. They're not all that interested in any of those things. They seem to believe that somehow work is evil. In that they shouldn't yeah. have to. That's a really well, dangerous way to think. Yeah, capitalism is evil. Right. And I'm telling you, you're going to be very, you're going to be very interested in that, in that, uh, that interview because it, it really hit, hits on this whole, this whole notion that we're talking about, this whole uh, work. And I, another statistic I heard, and I don't know how true this is. So you know how they have the jobs. Uh, the jobs that they're look, they, they, you know, there was 10 million jobs. Now it's down to 9 million jobs available. Right. I've heard that there is a percentage, almost as high as 10% of those jobs that are just fishing jobs. They're not even available. They're not even. Oh, there. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. No doubt. You know? Yeah. So, so this job market isn't as, as robust as they want to say it is. No, it, it's not. And it's not going to save us from this recession. It's only going to prolong how long it takes us to get fully into the recession, which will prolong how long it takes us to get out of it. Right, right. Yep, 100%. 100%. And and part of the the problem is we still have a lot of companies with a lot of cash left over from the last couple of years good economy, governments handing out money like it was candy. You know, I've been saying I'm concerned about our business here, and I need to be. Everybody in the country should be concerned about their business and their finances. If they don't have a business, they should be concerned about their personal finances. If you have a business, you have to be concerned about both. I'm not saying it because I'm having a hard time making payroll, or because we can't, you know, buy a, a big order, we have to buy small order. We're not there. We're nowhere near that. We've been pretty responsible right. with our cash. But I also know enough about running a business that when your numbers drop dramatically, even if you still have plenty of cash, you can't keep doing business the way you're doing business. You've got to change. You've got to be proactive. So I don't want people to think we're, right. you know, well, we're we're knocking on bankruptcy's door. We're not. But I can't keep operating like this because our numbers are dropping like everybody else's. Our revenue is way down this year. Right. Well, the same over here. Like I changed the whole sector of trucking I'm doing. So it's basically like, like being a new carrier out here. But I saw the handwriting on the wall with the flatbed sector going south. Right. So... Not that I, I mean, I still have the flatbed and not that I wouldn't take the rates of $2 a mile going somewhere. I mean, I still make money at that, but you know, I looked at, and, and so far the tank sector has been keeping everything afloat and then some, thank God, but you know, not quite where I want to be. Um, I'm putting a lot more hours in than I, than I would love than I like to on certain days, but it is what it is, you know, um, I'm fortunate enough that I drive an older truck and I can still write, you know, color outside the lines. 
um, uh, for so, that reason, you know, not so that I'm not that I'm driving 800 miles a day. It's just that right, you know, some right. uh, some days I'm I'm past 16 hours. So here's an example of why we still have this strong job market, even though we shouldn't. Where I'm sitting right now, I just said I I could look at our cash position. I could look at all these projects that I, I've got started and and not finished, and I could go out and hire two people right now. It would be right. a bad idea, though. I, I I could do it. I could afford to. We'd get yeah. some projects done. I think I lost you again. I wonder what's going on. Must be the internet on my end. Anybody I think here? I lost me? you again, Kevin. Hello, hello. Yeah, there you are. Okay. There you are. Yep. We're All back. right. Must have yeah. uh, wonky, no, I hear you. wonky yeah. internet again. I, I could go do that, yeah. but it would be a a poor business decision to go spend money on employees to finish projects into this bad of an economy. The projects probably won't even pay for themselves at this point. So I I may just have to shelf a lot of those projects because I'm worried about the news. I'm worried about the numbers. It's it's not looking good. I don't want to be the guy that comes on here with doom and gloom every day. But we have to get our head out of the sand and be realistic about what's happening. If I'm wrong and it's not that bad, who cares? No harm, no foul. But if I'm right and you don't right. prepare for this or you or I make the decision to go out and hire two people to finish these projects, I might not be in business this time next year. So companies, I think, well, are it. making mistakes. Make now. I, yeah. I think they're taking yeah. all their excess cash, thinking this is no big deal, and they're creating jobs. And that's why we're seeing the job market well, another, isn't going away yet. Another stimulus, another government stimulus is this whole $26,000 tax incentive because you kept your employees and I don't know the whole, I mean, Mark has oh, I posted can, quite a few articles on this, I, I um, can but you know, I, I get a phone call six times a day, Yeah, six times yeah. a day, it's I a get scam. a phone call for it and, and any emails and, oh, I know it, it is. It's but mostly a scam, but, right. And here, right. Let, but I mean, but this is let, another stimulus for you know, oh, absolutely. company. This is a big program. You, that's $26,000 per employee. Employee, employee, right. Per employee. Right. So there are these companies, yeah. because this government tax credit exists, now there are companies who do nothing but spam everybody to try to get them into this program. The program does exist. Oh. It is a real thing. Some businesses mm-hmm. do qualify for it. Most don't. If you're wondering, yep. if you have employees and you're wondering if you qualify, don't go chase one of these goofy companies that just popped up because of this. Just go ask your accountant. (laughs) My God, that's why we have accountants. and That's why we build relationships. It was the first thing I did. As soon as they rolled this program out, I called our accountant and said, do we qualify for this? And he, the next morning I got an email. No, we ran the numbers. You don't qualify for it. So I can ignore it. But I get texts, I get emails, I get phone calls. Oh, it's all over it's, social yeah, media. Yeah. 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 More it's government. Every other commercial. Oh, shit. It's, it's, it, when you're watching TV, it's either Pfizer, Moderna, <laughs> right. or someone, yeah. Osempic, or, or yeah. hey, 
you qualify. My my accountant said I didn't qualify, but tax lending says I do. Yeah. You know, yeah. okay, well, good for you. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty straightforward. There's no loopholes here. You, you plug in the numbers, you either qualify or you don't. And it, we did. Yeah, but that's yeah. another thing that I think that's that's uh, that's artificially. It is injecting capital into a market that's not here. Yeah, I mean, th- with this whole with this whole banking failure, the three banks that that two went out and one got saved that first capital, I think it was or whatever it is. Um, I- I've heard many people on these finance shows saying that capital has dried up and the capital that is being lent is at absorbent prices now. Yep. And and that's why that's why that one woman, Stephanie Pomboy on she's always on the in the mornings with um with uh Maria Bartiromo on Fox Business. She her thing is there's just about a trillion dollars of capital that has to be has to be refinanced this year. At, and they were at three and four percent. They're gonna be at nine and ten percent now. Ooh Oh, that yeah. hurts. Yeah, she said she said this is going to be a devastating a devastating event and then next year is another trillion dollars that has to be refinanced. It's just capital that has come to, you know, come to uh um term, you wow. know, and and, yeah. and needs and and needs to be refinanced and they're going to double their double their cost in one in in one shot. Wow. That's a so, scary thought. Yeah. Yeah. There, right. Uh, and then she uh, said this, this is going to be carnage out here. I am searching high and low to find some good economic news. And I just, I'm not seeing any. Yeah. Yeah. I hate to be doom and gloom too. Cause I'm a glass half, half full guy. Yeah. You know, so yeah, it's, I, uh, you know, I always try to look at the silver lining and stuff. Um, you know, I mean, the, I, I know good thing I, I've been the, around 30 I've been around 30 years at, at at the very least, you know, maybe I won't get grass fed steak every night, but that's okay. <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah. All right, Fred. Good stuff. Calls so. are starting to pile up on me. I've got a uh, time limit today. I've got about 50 minutes left and then we'll head on into rolling toe. Let's get back to the phones. Let's go to California. Lewis. Welcome. What's on your mind today? Hey, 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 Lewis, Lewis, I'm going to put you back in the queue. We've got a really bad line. Um, I'm having a hard time understanding you. I know the listeners won't be able to. Angie, could you uh, see if we can fix that line for Lewis? And I will head off to... Detroit. Robert, welcome to the program. Hello, Kevin. Good morning. I was calling today about the guy you had on earlier with the uh, gastric dis- distress in his upper stomach. Yeah. Uh, I've suffered for that for years. And I've been to all the doctors. I've been scoped. I've been tested. I've been, she said, my diabetes is what makes my stomach muscles move slower. And that's what causes any susceptible food that can rot will rot. So Parmesan cheese, cream cheese, buttermilk, anything that will go quick. Hold on a second. Um, Are you on any diabetic medications? Yeah, metformin and glipicide. So she's being dishonest. 
diabetes does not cause slowing of the stomach emptying its contents. The drugs they give you for diabetes do. There's a difference. Oh, oh, yeah. So what's your question for me? I just wanted to let, uh, what happens with me when it gets real bad, it feels like kombucha in my stomach. And, uh, what I've learned to do on my own is just, uh, push my toothbrush a little further to the back of my mouth to gag a little bit and it clears it up lick and split. I mean, it's almost like you mentioned with him, uh, opening a, a, a trash can and just hitting the plunger. Um, cause it sends everything right out all the distress within 20 minutes goes away. So, I mean, you do get diarrhea for a minute, but you know, uh, it will clear it right out. I don't know what that is. Well, I, I get it. Um, the better approach to this would be to cure the diabetes and then cure the SIBO. So we don't have to deal with this. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I, Right, I try that. I, I I stay keto the best I can, but no, maybe don't. maybe one day I no, go get I, wings. I, Robert, well, Robert, stop. Hold hold on a second. Stop lying to yourself. Okay. Right. Let me correct your statement. You control your diabetes, not the best that you can. That's a lie. You control your diabetes the best that you want to. The best to write to pass. Now you, you got it. You started and to I say something. Do better. You started to say something that I'm a little confused about. You said I'll I'll be doing really good and then I'll go get wings. What kind of wings? The wings might have parmesan. Well, that's the thing. They're bone. They're there's no bread on them. They're 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 naked. But maybe the place put parmesan cheese on them. What's wrong with or maybe parmesan the place? That will shut me right off lickety. I mean, just right now, I'll have that. Robert, hold on. That's my point. It will because you're approaching this the wrong way. And and I'm saying this and making a point because you were calling as though you were going to be giving advice to somebody. No. I, well, I was just yes, trying to help were. a little bit. I mean, I understand. Exactly, but you're not helping. You're the one that needs help. <laughs> right. I get it. I get it. But uh, if you're going to cheat and you and you do cheat, well, here's a, here's another cheat hack to to end the you know what I mean to end the because they have nothing out there that will help that. The only thing that's going to help that is to not eat that food and to get, yeah. No, that is not true. I can <laughs> eat Parmesan cheese all day long. It won't well, yeah, well, It's just there's nothing out there to fix this. We fix it every day. See, until today, I didn't know it was the metformin causing it. I well, thought it was, you told me. Hold on, it was a it's, it's not necessarily the metformin. The glipizide is a bigger problem. But my point is, oh. diab- let's say she's right. Let's say it is the diabetes causing your stomach to empty slower. It's not, but let's say it is. Well, then let's fix the diabetes. That's my point. <laughs> Right. I, we can fix I, this. I, Let's I, stop I, all the stupid hacks. Let's stop blaming it on diabetes. It, it it's fixable. We fix it every day. Right. You just yeah. I get it. I, I you know sometimes life, you know. But uh, I was just going to let me finish your sentence. Let me let me finish your sentence for you. Sometimes life gives us choices. We have to make the right one. Yeah. That's it. I, we, can't, we can't blame this on life. 
It, it gives us choices. We get to make right. those choices. How we make those choices depending depends on, you know, that that determines what our life will be like, the choices we make every day. The choice to listen to a doctor who has kept you diabetic for years or try something that gets rid of diabetes every time. That's a choice. Right. And, 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 and I know. All right. So you've got a hack and you have a choice now. Keep using that hack so that you're not as uncomfortable or go fix the root cause of the problem. Two of them you probably have. The diabetes is a problem, a big one. It also means you have heart disease, you have kidney disease, you have liver disease. You have metabolic syndrome. The good news is we can fix it. Let's go to California. Lewis, welcome to the program. Hi, hopefully this is better this time. Oh, yeah, you sound much better. Go ahead. Fantastic. Yeah, you were talking about the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation on Tuesday, I believe it was, well, other times as well. But you mentioned especially then that it was a good program, but it hadn't been carried out the way it needed to be to be effective because of the limit. And it occurred to me that it's just one of the government's polished turds. Pretty much. They take a good idea, they exactly. mix it all up and, and sell it to us. It's, then they move the funds someplace out, divert them wherever they want. And there's a long record of that, especially with the Democrats, Social Security. Uh, Never designed to pay out anything. It's funny you much. just it's funny you moved on to Social Security. That was my first thought. A program I'm not in favor of, but if it would have been done right, at least there would be some benefits to it. If it's done right, I still don't like it. I don't want people to be dependent on the government for things like this. Um, I, I wish we could teach them just how to manage their money themselves. But if, if we... Or on poverty. Yeah. If we would have done it right, at least there would be some benefits. Now we've we've screwed it up so bad that it's just a big boondoggle. Yeah, and a couple of times when it was coming close to maybe being halfway successful, they had to borrow the funds from it, quote unquote. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of a mess. You know, yeah, another polished turd, but then they got the war on poverty the war on drugs, uh, the Great Society, you know, we keep on naming them. And again, most of them are uh, Democrat origin. Uh, and you're talking this morning about the electric vehicle. The Democrats could care less about the uh, environment. They have grabbed onto that because it suits their purposes. And if it didn't suit their purposes tomorrow, they'd spit it out. Basically, they're not interested in getting us into EVs. They're interested in getting us out of our independent gas vehicles. Yeah, uh, I They agree. don't care where it goes. In fact, they, yeah, they have a vested uh, getting it moved as quickly as possible because the EVs will eventually work. They absolutely so will. Have that big gap. I, I, I believe it's a far better technology. Electric motors are are much better than internal combustion engines. I, I believe that. 
And there's a ton of evidence. We've pushed internal combustion engines about as far as we're going to push them. We've been working on them for over a hundred years. And here we are. And all of a sudden an electric motor comes in and in many ways is already superior. And and we've hardly scratched the surface. So I was excited about it. I was probably the biggest proponent of it. The government has turned me completely the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, let's see. I guess that's about all I had on this. But I did want to try to plug for uh, Pittsburgh Powers Catalyst. I've been running it in my Ford F-250 for about three miles, maybe a little bit. And I finally had my CP4 fuel pump blow up on me and get my engine out. So they had to tear it all apart, put a new or a rebuilt uh, long block in it. But I asked them when they were getting into it, I said, did you notice how clean it was? Did did the cleanness, you know, was that apparent? And the guy says, I liked it so much, I'm going to start using it in my F-250. Well, that's good. Um, was this an ISX? No, this is like I said, it's a Ford pickup. Oh, oh, oh! I, I, I met that. you one okay. time. You you brought, yeah, you brought uh, yogurt samples down to me at the warehouse. And oh, okay. I was there had, had the gold F two fifty. Yeah, yeah, got it. Okay, I think at that got time it. it had about four hundred thousand miles on it. Yeah, excellent. Well, it, it, before went at five hundred and forty thousand. Okay. But now I'm on the road for my next half million with it. There you go. Outstanding. All right. I've got to move along. I've got to watch the clock here. Calls are still coming in. We have time if you want to jump in. I've just got to keep moving through the calls here because uh at ten o'clock we'll be switching over to rolling toe. Let's go to Wisconsin. Brandy, welcome to the program. Thanks, Kevin. Um, so um, I'm going to take my hazmat driver's license renewal tomorrow. And the state of Illinois has a revolving test. If you don't pass, you get a second test, but it's not the same one. So I bought that uh, unfair advantage and I opened it up and then I see there are a bunch of like tabs and you liquid. And one of them opened up and I chased it as like, oh, gosh. Can you put it anything, and how long does it take before you start to feel anything? So you can put it in whatever you want. I'm not sure why you would. Do you really find the taste that bad? I don't find it unpleasant at all. Well, it, it, it it's filled as, <laughs> and maybe it, it, it dried, and then I taste it as like, and I'm supposed to drink this? And, uh, I mean, I will, it's just, uh, I much I, prefer to, I do not find it unpleasant at all. It has very, very little tastes, really mild. There's nothing obnoxious about it. Okay. I, I would have never even thought all that right. taste could be a problem with this product. You're only swallowing about a half an ounce. I mean, it's a really small amount. Oh, it's, I know that. They're, they're just little ampules is what they are. They're little plastic ampules. You pull the top off, squeeze it in your mouth. So the taste will, will not okay. be a problem, I promise. Um, okay, I'll, all right. I feel it within a half hour. Okay, because it suggests that you take it four, up four times a day and then you 
Oh, well, you know, I, I, I obviously I, I can I'm, promise you I'm, don't have tomorrow till tomorrow. I, I, I'm, I'm not taking it four times. Honestly, I, I, I believe I've said this. And the reason I don't bring it into the store, if I were driving truck, I would not use this product. Okay. It's too expensive and the, the benefits are, are minimal. I, I don't use it yeah. every day. Not even close. I don't have any anymore. I mean, I, if well, you I, said you used it for conferences and stuff like that. That's correct. what I heard you remember when you I saying. when I need so, when I need maximum brain clarity. That's what. Now we could say, well, don't you need that every day? Well, well, maybe, but this is one of those. This is almost a hack. This isn't an everyday thing because what will happen? You take this every day, the the benefit will disappear. You will become right. so used to it that you won't notice there's any difference. So it's why we don't bring it into the store. It's why I've specifically said if I drove a truck, I, I would not take this product. It's too expensive, and, and I wouldn't okay. see the benefit. Like I say, I don't take it unless I really, really need maximum brain clarity. Like if I'm speaking somewhere, occasionally if I'm going to just really buckle down and work hard on a project, I might take it for a couple of days. But it's not something I recommend. Yeah. Well, I'll need the clarity tomorrow because the test is a boring subject. And then they do those changes of do this or do not do this. And that's yeah. how they get you. Yeah. If, and, if, 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 well. I, if I had a test and it, tomorrow, if I had a test tomorrow, uh, about an hour, about two hours before the test, I would take two ampules and about 30 minutes to an hour before I would take two more. Okay. Sounds like a plan. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for the call. But again, I, I would not, and I don't recommend this as a, a everyday supplement or um, it, it's expensive. It, they're, they're, I guess there might be some other benefits. It's got CoQ10 in it, so it's probably good for your heart. But it again, not something we're going to bring into the store. Um, it's not something I do when I'm driving. That's for sure. Let's uh, let's go to Texas, and I, I will tell you we've got some phone lines open, and we've got about thirty minutes. So if you want to jump in now, I'll be able to take some more calls. Eight five five. Nine five zero three eight three five. Paul, howdy. Howdy. What's uh, on your mind today? Uh, cattle, parking in Texas, and tea tree oil. Got it. So if anybody runs, if anybody runs up and down I forty five in the Corsicana area, exit two twenty five, they just put in a. 12-hour limit for big truck parking. No facilities, but just somewhere to park. It's right there off the exit. Got 225 it. 225 on I-45. All right. And the cattle that exploded, Yeah. if they hadn't have been in a barn, if they'd been outside like cattle are meant to be, there wouldn't have been 18,000 died. My, yeah, that's kind yeah. of my point. How how concentrated do these cows have to be in such a small area that you're able to kill 18,000 of them? Yeah, they must have been living like New York style. Exactly. They must have been them. stacked on top of each other. Yeah. So uh, 
because they'd been outside. I maybe it was methane explosion or something. I don't know. <laughs> Damn those cow farts! Too many. I know what it was. Too many cow farts and somebody I, lit a match. Well, I was just going to say yeah. it's those juvenile cows lighting matches and goofing off trying to light their farts. That's what's going on. Yeah, it was. It was a whole migraine. Watch this. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, hey, so, hold hold my grain, hold my beer. It's the same thing. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, one day when you were talking to somebody about Manuka honey, and you said, I think tea tree oil comes from the same tree. Well, it doesn't. I was Manuka fucked. honey comes from, well, there's a tip in the name here. Tea tree oil comes from the tea tree. I Manuka honey comes from the bees that feed off the Manuka. I, I was close. So yep. let, let me find this. Um, here's the answer for this one. Cause I did go look it up too. I never came back and talked about it. Um, let me see if I can find this. While Manuka is sometimes referred to as New Zealand tea tree in the essential oil world, um, tea tree oh, oil okay. is Melaleuca alterfolia, whereas Manuka is Leptospermin scoparium. But they belong to the same botanical family and provide many of the same benefits. So you are correct. It's not the exact same tree. It's a different variety in the same botanical family. Yeah. I got, I got, I got to go. Hang on a minute. Okay, bye. Well, that was weird. What do you mean? You got to go hang on a little bit. Why would I hang on? And he's gone. So I don't know what that was all about, but uh, we will go to Delaware. Albert, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin, how are you? Good. What's on your mind today? Hey, question. My question. My question is: I wanted to just uh, get the pros and cons on disc brakes. Uh, I was down at the Louisville Truck Show, and of course, you know, you got vendors set up with everything. And uh, I've always, I've been thinking about it, but I thought, well, I'll just call in maybe to see what are the pros and cons of it. So, are you talking about converting a, money? a current truck? Yes. Did they give you an idea of what that cost would be? Because I have no idea. No. I- yeah, I'm actually waiting on the one company uh, to get back with me on that. So, yeah, I'm waiting on the cost. So. I, I can certainly talk about all the benefits and downsides to disc brakes. What I can't do is help you with that question until we have that number. It, that's important. I mean, it it yeah. really will just, yeah. come, oh, yeah. just come down to money. I, I will tell you that my yeah. first thought is, no, I wouldn't convert a truck. That That's my first thought. Yeah. Now, it... it, it doesn't mean that that's a hundred percent. If I had a truck I really loved and I was going to recondition it and maybe even paint it and, and just really keep it for a long time, I may up, upgrade to disc brakes. I, I am a fan of them. I think they are a far superior right. technology in many ways. And if I were buying a new truck, hands down, 
I'm absolutely getting disc brakes, not even a question. Whether or not I would convert a truck, I I would need a lot more information. What's the truck worth? Does it get good fuel economy? All that stuff that I talk about, it's a numbers game. Yeah. Um, But but if it makes financial sense, then I'm always going to switch to disc brakes. That that would be my answer. They are a more powerful brake. They are a less expensive brake to maintain over the life of the vehicle. They're much safer. They don't experience brake fade. Uh, To me, it it is clearly a superior technology. And let's look at every vehicle that has brakes and the progression of every vehicle right down to a bicycle is we started with one type of a brake. I can't say drum brakes because cars and trucks had drum brakes, bicycles had caliper brakes. But we started on every vehicle, we started with one type of a brake. And what did we progress to on every single vehicle? Disc brakes. That was the progression of every single vehicle. Go back to cars. They all had drum brakes. And then the high end cars started putting disc brakes on the front. Right. And pretty soon, then every car has disc brakes on the front. And then the high-end cars have four-wheel disc brakes. And But every vehicle has progressed from some form of a brake to a disc brake. It is clearly the better braking right. technology. Yeah, and that's kind of what I was thinking the same thing, because I got to thinking, well, you know how the regular cars and vehicles have gone to that. Have, and it's like, well, you know. Have you ever, have you ever replaced brakes on a car or truck? Yes. So have you yep. ever done a drum brake and then have you also done a disc brake? Yes, I've done both. <laughs> Which one is a whole I, lot I like easier? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I, to, to do a drum brake job, I got a damn toolbox full of specialty tools that I use for nothing but replacing drum brakes. All the clips and calipers and pliers and and yeah. disc brakes are so much easier. Oh, I'm telling you, yeah, that's it, that's it. So, yeah, that that's where I was just getting the question, and that's what I'm working on now, getting the numbers together. And, and it is something I, you know, don't want to do now or can't, but I was looking at it. I'm going to put some money aside. I'm like, I'm going to get all yeah, my numbers it, together, figure out, you know, when the time may be right. It, it's a numbers game. I, I would say that there would be a situation where I would be willing to do the upgrade. If I'm buying a new truck, like I said, slam dunk, I'm going to get them every time. Uh, right. I, I just exactly. have to make sure that it makes financial sense to retrofit something. Yep. Perfect. Well, I appreciate it, Kevin. You're welcome. Thanks for the call. That's going to wrap up the calls that I've got. I will wait here about uh, one minute while I check through my notes and see if there was anything else I wanted to talk about. And, uh, if not, we'll wrap this up. I uh, I think we'll just leave rolling toe for 10 o'clock because that's when uh, everybody was scheduled. So uh, we'll either have a short break here for 20 minutes or so, and then we'll come back with rolling toe, or I'll take a couple more calls while I'm here. Uh, I'm looking through my notes right now. See what else I've got going on here. What did I want to talk about? Um. 
It, it, one of the things, um, kind of going back to politics here, I'll talk for a couple minutes. Um, the whole shift in politics in general, um, Elon Musk seems to be becoming the enemy of the left, which is kind of funny because Elon Musk has been a liberal forever. He was not a conservative, not even close. I, I you know, I, I would venture to say that he's probably more libertarian than anything, but he always voted Democratic. He admitted it until now, and he said he would not do it again. Um, Alan Dershowitz, if you're familiar with the uh, attorney, well, he's a law professor, Alan Dershowitz, very liberal, always has been. Not so much anymore. He is um, really coming out hard against what they're doing to Trump right now. Uh, I know of three federal um, politicians at the federal level that have switched from um, being a Democrat to either registering as a Republican or an independent, three of them. I, I think it's a sign that the, the Democrats and the left have gone off the deep end. I, I think you're seeing the results of that now. And I, I hope we are. I hope all of this moves back to uh, something a little more closer to the middle. All right, calls are starting to come in, so I'll, I'll grab them. Let's go to California. Dylan, welcome to the program. Yeah, uh, I just want to say, I hope Paul never stops saying howdy. He won't. He can't. It's in his genes. Well, good. I have a funny story. I woke up this morning in the truck. It was dark. I get up to start it, and I swear I heard someone say, Howdy. And uh, I looked to see if my phone was on the, the show. I looked up to see if the CB was on. I swear that I heard Howdy. And I thought of Paul at 5 o'clock this morning in the dark and looked all over, and he was nowhere to be found. But He's, we thought about him. There you go. He's messing with you. He is. Don't ever change it. That's all I have. Good. All right. That's all we need. Thanks for the call. Let's go to – oh, I'm going to drop that one first. I hit the right buttons here. Let's go to B.C. Murray, welcome to the program. Morning, Kevin. What's going on, man? I'm here. I'm here doing my thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, you are. Uh, just a quick question. Sold my last truck last June, trying to capitalize on some of the higher used truck prices and whatnot. Kind of uh, been playing around doing some other stuff. Well, good for you. Um, uh, gone back to tanking. Uh, new ta- food grade tanker work for a local company here, and they have a program. I was thinking about buying a, a truck uh, uh, and, and waiting back in again. Uh, not just now, but maybe in a few months or a year. We'll wait and see how, how it sort of plays out. But um, the company has a number of spare trucks, and they would be willing to rent me a truck while I sort of get my feet wet, decide whether or not, whether or not I want to do a lease-op situation or an owner-operator situation with them if I do then I can buy whatever I want and will, or just go back to my, my position as a driver. Um, how do you feel about renting their truck for a month or two or three while I make up my mind? I have no problem with that whatsoever. I think it's a good idea. 
not a lot of opportunities for this, but I, this is how I got started. It, it, I rented the, uh, I had not been an owner operator, hadn't even had a driving job yet. Um, one of the first jobs I went to look at was a company called Spartan Express. They were owned by Roadway. Uh, and they had just moved into the Northeast and open terminals and they were using all owner operators. They had no company trucks and they, they needed a, another uh, extra truck, uh, not for a dedicated route, but to do local pickup and delivery. And they were having a hard time finding somebody. It just wasn't enough work. And they had a yard tractor. My God, this thing was ancient and ragged, should have never been on the road, uh, but they rented it to me. And I, I I paid them a certain amount of rent per day. I put fuel in it. They covered the maintenance. It was a kind of a goofy little arrangement. Uh, but I did that for about six months while I was trying to save a little bit of money and find a truck to buy. Right. And and nor, like I, I don't have a problem being an owner-operator. I've done that. I can work out my numbers and tell right. whether I'm making money or not. Right. It's fine. Um, but but I've never done like, the, the work that these guys do. Um, like I said, it's all food grade tinker work. And what I'm doing now is all local town work here in Vancouver, the Vancouver area. Okay. What the owner operators do is longer, like BC, Alberta and back or cross country and back. Okay. And, and so that's a different orbit. So I was just thinking if I can rent it, but I want to just pick your brain on that. So, yeah. And then I can buy whatever I want. So here, here's the big difference. People might be listening, going, wait a minute. He talks about all the time about how horrible lease purchases are. Absolutely. Totally, totally different situation. A lease purchase. I'm committed. I, I, I sign a lease purchase and the engine blows up tomorrow. It's on me. I'm screwed. I'm committed to this. I, I have I, so way different. All we're doing here, this is a daily thing for the most part, or maybe you commit for a month. Big deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so this could be a, a, yeah, this could be a really good thing. I, I love it when companies offer something like this. Well, and it, it's a really good company, like, which is why I would consider it. And, and I could buy, one of their trucks, they have great trucks. They're very well maintained. Or I could go out and buy whatever I want as long as it's less than seven years old. That's the only stipulation they have. And then it's got to have PTO pump and all that sort of yeah. thing. But that's, that's yeah. secondary. And, and I issue. also have no problem whatsoever buying a truck from a trucking company. In fact, I'm in favor of it. There are usually some really good deals there. The difference being... Yeah. The title is going to be in my name in a lease purchase. That's not the case. You have no ownership of that vehicle. This is totally different. And in fact, I'll go on to say I rented a truck from the company while I was looking for a truck and ultimately ended up buying a truck from roadway. Yeah. And, and, and this company does have, like I said, they do have trucks I can pick from there used fleet, some of which is year old, some of which is seven years old, or I can go out and bring whatever I want to the table. And either way, any of their trucks, if, if they meet with my, my approval, I, I have Absolutely. no problem doing that. Yep. Well, I just don't want to be like your, like, like some of the people in a, in a lease off or well, not lease off, but in a, in a, yeah, this uh, is, this is totally different. Yeah. Yeah. I'll run my own financing if I finance at all. Perfect. And, and, and buy something, buy something outright or with a 
small financing and, and go from there. Yep. Perfect. All right. Got my answer. All right. Thanks for the call. Let's go to Texas. Shane, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin. How you doing this morning? Good. What's on your mind? We had a Peterbilt 389 stolen in Florida on March 7th. And we thought we were in a safe place. Um, stayed at that hotel frequently while my wife over the past three or four years. And that's the only reason we were at the hotels because she was with me and woke up. The truck was gone. Anywho, long story short, after this happened, um, social media posts and whatnot, and we've been sharing and trying to, to find it and whatnot. We have realized that this is a big, big, big problem in Florida. That if you've got a classic style truck, especially the Peterbilts, you might wake up and find your truck gone if you're not staying in that truck. Truck and, and trailer, or are they stealing just trucks? Well, they took our truck and trailer. A few of the others, they dropped the trailer. Um, but it seems to be they're more interested in the truck than the trailer. If I they wonder can why. get rid of the trailer right there. I wonder why. I, I, I guess it's... We're, it, and why classics? Yes, it it makes no sense. It, it, what it, what we so if you steal something, the the point is you you want to somehow turn that into cash. I, I mean, you're not going to steal a truck right. and then go try to drive it and make money with it. That doesn't make any sense. So, what do you do with no, the truck does. that you steal? Do you part them out? That's what most cars are stolen for. Cars are stolen for parts. Right. So you, you, you buy the car, you right. part it out, you make a ton of money. Is that what they're doing here? I don't get it. Well, a friend of mine is pretty high up in the Florida Highway Patrol out of out of Deland, and he had mentioned that it's probably in a cargo container going across the water. Well, that could be. That was that, the, right. That, that that was the afternoon that it was stolen that we had that discussion. Yeah, that, um, they do that with cars too. So that 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 may be it. You know, I I'm shocked that more trucks aren't stolen. They're really easy to steal. Many of them still have vent yeah. windows that are easy to pop. It's easy to get in the door. They don't have column locks like cars do. Not that a column lock's all that hard to defeat, but it's even easier here. Um, I, I can hotwire right. a truck in about two minutes. It's not that hard that's at all. Exactly what they, yeah, it, you, that's exactly what they did. You unscrew the ignition switch, pull it out so you can see the wires, you jump it, and the truck's running. I mean, this is so easy. Did, and did, I, I would did think... Did you steal my truck? <laughs> but yeah, I, I would think more trucks would be stolen for the freight. But I guess it's really hard to get rid of a whole truckload of freight now that I think about it. It'd be re it's really easy to steal a lot of freight. We think I can't think of anything that's easier to steal. A lot of something really quickly. I, whatever's in that trailer, I can be gone in five minutes. Right. Well, they got a rude awakening if they were stealing it for the freight because it was full of plants for our other business. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You know, I, I've been reading stories. I just read another one yesterday, and I can remember back in the late 80s, early 90s, this was a big deal. I used to run the East Coast a lot, New York City, and 
Um, I can remember when we were talking a lot about you pull up to a traffic light and they would run up to your trailer, break the seal, cut the lock, whatever, open the doors and start throwing freight on the pickup trucks on, on the street. That, that used to be really common on the East Coast back in the late 80s, early 90s. I'm starting to hear those stories again. Right. And, and you know, it, it sucks. It's going to happen to somebody. It unfortunately happened to us. So it'll be July or August before we're able to replace it. Um, but my, my biggest concern was just trying to bring awareness. I mean, you know, if you're looking to get rid of a payment, okay, do what you got to do. Uh, you know, I don't want no part of that. That wasn't our intent. Yeah, right. But if you if you care about your truck, at least leave your chicken lights on. Act, you know, let people turn your APU on the cycle to where somebody thinks that somebody's in that truck, and they're probably not going to mess with it. That's- they realize there's nobody in that truck. They're going to take it. That's some good advice. You know, if every time you park, you know, try to make it look more like somebody's still there with the vehicle. You know, if this becomes a, a, a bigger issue, I, I would also look at, you know, um, tracking uh, devices to help us at least well, get the vehicle back. So Hurricane Express Monday had one of their trucks in Plant City. They stole the truck and trailer, disabled the GPS tracker on the trailer, disabled the GPS tracker on the truck, and they found the trailer. I'm not sure how far away. Yeah, so, so here, this is another good piece of advice since we're talking about this. A lot of fleets use tracking devices, not for theft. They use it for tracking. We track most of our freight now. People want to know where stuff is. These trucking companies then right. assume that that's a good use of the tracking in case something gets stolen. It's not. Those are too easy to defeat. They're easy to find. When you look at something like, uh, um, what's the, there's a big brand name in cars for this. It's been around a long time. Lojack. 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 Yeah, Lojack's been around forever. It, it, lo, the Lojack is hidden so well, it's really, really difficult to find them and disable them. But the typical tracking devices we use in trucks are usually obvious and easy to defeat. So they, they do have a Lojack system for a Class 8? I don't see why not. It's just a vehicle. And, and probably in today's day and age with the, the way technology, Lojack was around 20 years ago. I, I have to believe that, right. that, that there's even there might be even something better these days. I don't know. Um, but you, look at every car lot that gives easy credit. You know, all those car lots buy here, pay here. Everybody gets financed. Every one of those companies right. trackers. Makes sense. Yeah, that's how they repossess those cars. They, they love those things. They know exactly where that car is. Yep. Well, I can tell you when we get our replacement in, in July or August, there's going to be every flipping bell and whistle and trackable. You know, I'm I, not going I, through this again. People I, say, oh, you got insurance. No, it ain't the same. I, I don't know why we haven't made trucks harder to steal. It's almost like we make them easy to steal. Like I said, vent windows, no column locks, no smart keys like we have in cars. None of that stuff. Why not? Right. Yep. And there was a, a gentleman 
said, send me, he got a hold of me a week after ours was stolen and he, his almost got stolen. They, they got it you cranked know. up and they left because he had to build air, but they pulled the freaking plug off the back of the ignition switch Here's, and hot wired the truck old school way. Let me give everybody a really, really cheap, simple solution for this that is actually really effective. So find a place. Here's where I would put it. I can remember my dad used to do this to every car we owned. I totally forgot about this. He would do it in the back corner of the glove compartment. And I would do it on a truck. If you've got that big um, fuse panel, like on the freight liners over on the right, I would do it inside there. Um, Find a compartment that's kind of hidden, but somewhat easy to get to. Here's all you do. Like in the glove compartment, we used to drill two holes through the bottom and we would run a bolt through and put a flat washer. So I would actually take a little bolt and I'd weld a flat washer onto the top of it. And we'd run that bolt down through. Right. And then you connect the ignition wire to both sides so you, you put two of them in just a little apart from each other, these two tab kind of things, and then you get a magnet and you drop a magnet onto them and it completes the circuit. And when you park it, you just pull the magnet off and either hide it somewhere or put it in your pocket. Even when people see it, they won't know what it is. And if somebody's trying to steal a vehicle and it won't start, they don't try to figure out why it won't start. They just move on to the next one. That's a really simple, right. cheap, easy kill switch. Yes, that is a good idea. Definitely, definitely. But it, it, and, and like I said, the, the biggest reason, and, I, and I'm, I'm enjoying the conversation and listening to every word you're saying, but it's the Frank where in the Florida, especially around. The I-75 Chrome Shop there in Wildwood, Lake County, Marion County, Sumter County, Old County. So, you know, this is a this is a good topic we should be talking more about because we know there's been the huge fund across the country to defund police departments. Um, we know there's a huge wave of retirement of police officers and, and police officers leaving the profession because of the conditions. And we're in a bad economy. Theft is going to get a lot worse. They're going to start stealing fuel. They're going to start stealing tires. They're going to start stealing anything they can from commercial vehicles. So I'm glad you brought this up. This is probably a topic we should stay on top of. And I can tell you from experience, and I'm not dogging, and I'm not going to say the city, and I'm not dogging the police department, but it has been almost like a victimless crime that, you're, you're looked at as, oh, well, you got insurance. It's all good. Move on. Oh, I believe it. No, there's I, been no. I, I there's believe been it. No hunt. There's been, right. you know, any, any kind of evidence that has been found, we have found it, turned it over. It's like, okay, go get the guys. Yeah. Nope. Still ain't got them. Yeah. <laughs> what the heck? Yeah. You know, one of the so, other um, uh, crimes I've talked about, and I, it, it's, escalating again. I had an article about it I was going to talk about today. Um, I just didn't get to it. Uh, When I came back from the conferences I spoke at in Tennessee, they were all about nuclear verdicts in the trucking industry. And that issue, Mm -hmm. nuclear verdicts and staged accidents. 
staged accidents that lead to nuclear verdicts. Those two issues are not going away. They're going to get worse in this economy. Exactly. So I would I would recommend owner operators install camera systems. Forward looking, side looking, cover as much of that vehicle as you can cover with cameras so you can prove it was a staged accident. That is definitely our, our, our best defense against that. Hey, Shane, you're starting to break up, and I've got to get to uh, a couple more calls before we wrap this up. Let's go to Florida. Mike, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin. Um, on the previous call, not what I called about, but on, on my truck and trailer, what I've done is I've cut the brake supply line and put a shutoff valve in the, you know, just a hidden shutoff valve. Oh, there's and another good idea. There's another good idea. I like that one, too. Yeah. Um, what I thought about, on um, you talked a little bit about marketing on, on your end. Uh, you talked uh, about you know, putting advertising on trailers and all that. Have you ever thought about doing like a, a smaller advertisement where, you know, we could put it on ourselves, something like a two foot by three foot and just mail it to us and we can stick it on there. I'm not talking about our Right. Now, you know, we might explore that. So we've done smaller decals and stuff for people to put them on the truck or in their window to identify as, you know, a tribe member, whatever, just fun stuff like that. Not really trying to advertise at all. And then we talked about the big picture of, you know, you can't really spend money on this idea to advertise on trailers. It doesn't work. I've talked about it for decades, all the reasons why. But there might be a sweet spot in there somewhere. There might be something that we could produce and, and send out to tribe members if they wanted to put it on. So we'll probably explore that. Yeah. Okay. Um, next question on uh, from listening to the book um, one second after. They, you know, salt was a big commodity for preserving meat. Right. Is that how long will that work? And we buy like whole cow, whole pig, where our freezer is always full of meat. For the most part, what you're looking at here are things like jerky. Um, You you, you can't, well, you can, have have you ever had salt cod? Don't think so. It's a big New England thing. Well, it used to be. You don't see much of it anymore. They, They would take cod, fish, and they would like pack it in salt. And it, it, preserves it and then when you go to use it you literally just rinse this fish over and over and over and over to get all the salt out of it 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 works salt is a way of preserving food it's a small way i i don't do any salt preserving at all i it's it's i'm just thinking if the power went out and we've got a freezer full of meat well here yeah i I could actually well you can it that's what I do. So I, I have a lot of frozen. I actually have three freezers. I, I should only have two, but during the pandemic, one of mine quit and I couldn't get, I had a very large freezer and I just couldn't get one that size. I waited six months to find a freezer, period. Um, and I ended up buying two smaller. So now I have three of them. Um, so I do have a lot of meat and food frozen, but I also make sure 
that I have all of the supplies I would need to can all of that meat if I had to. So I have plenty of propane. I have plenty of jars. Yes, I have plenty of jars and lids and seals, and I would just start canning all of that frozen meat. I don't can it all now. Because when you can it, you change the product. It that you know, turkey becomes shredded turkey, and beef becomes shredded beef, and and so I don't want all of my meat canned. So I do. I I buy meat and I rotate in and out of the freezers, and then I always make sure I have a certain supply of canned meat. By far, that is the best way to preserve meat. Okay, I just remember hearing it on the on the book back when I listened to it. I yeah, wasn't it, sure how that worked. I know it, they did they do ham like that. I, I yeah. Um, I, now I do have um, probably, I think I've got 10 gallons of salt just, just sitting into five gallon sealed buckets because salt is a pretty important thing and I can preserve food with it. So I, I store a, a big supply of salt uh, as part of the um, pantry, but I don't use salt to preserve much at all. It, 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 like I say, it can be done. It's kind of extreme. It really changes the meat product. Um, and, and to me, there are just better ways of preserving. I mean, you can preserve meat by making jerky, uh, and I do some of that. I make my own jerky. I don't want to have to survive on jerky, though, and I don't want to have to survive on no. salted meat. So it, it, it's having a little bit of it, understanding the technique, knowing how to do it. That, that Those are all good skills. I, I'm just not going to use that technique very often. Um, canning, to me, works so much better. Okay. Well, anyway, I'll let you go. I know the Beckett's coming up. All right. Thanks for the call. I'm going to finish one more, and then we will uh, turn this over to the Beckett's and rolling toe. We're going to finish up in New Jersey today. Jeremy, welcome. Hey, what's on my mind is, uh, and oh, sorry to uh, spread more doubt and, you know, questioning of our systems, but uh, did, did did you, was was the Vegas shooting ever uh, questioned or like looked at? Did, did you ever look, did you ever catch any of that? Well, I mean, I I follow. Or, what do you What do you think? What What do you mean? Was there Was anything ever resolved? Well, I just saw something recently. It really affected me, but and so I was uh, curious if I, I had missed something. But it's a it's a YouTube channel, and her, her name's Mindy Robinson nine five one two. She's like a blonde, and she's a a journalist. And, uh, maybe on her own, but, uh, it just, there was a lot of different angles of gunshots and a lot of, um, different sounds that they, from different, obviously they were in different areas and, uh, and live body cams from police that just, I don't know. It really made me think there was more going on than well, that, you know, well, and then what, I started thinking about what year it what happened. Is, what, is, <laughs> what is her premise? What is she saying she believes went on? Uh, well, the, well, the main thing is that more, more of a uh, more or less investigation that 
could have been done is that's for the main what? thing. You know, more more uh, for what to for the shooting. You know, I there know, was there, like hiding like why? information. Why? We, why? We, that's we, exactly we have why. A guy I, who walked up with a bunch of rifles and ammunition and started shooting people out of a window and they died. I sure we investigated it, but okay. I'm wondering what is she alluding to? What would we well, investigate? There was, what 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 does she think is being okay. hidden? Like, like there was there other shooters because there was headshots that the angle of the so, gun wasn't from a top building. Let's say, you know, maybe there was more shooters. And let, let's say there was. Okay. Now what? Yeah. Right. But, I know. Uh, just, why? Why would we? Why would we hide that? <laughs> What's the purpose? What would be the end result of right. hiding the fact that there were multiple shooters? I guess it's the fact that we hit it or, or possible that we didn't investigate all the way or I, I don't know. I started thinking that, weird that's stuff. That's assuming you know? that we show me some proof, real proof. Don't give me these angles and you can you can manipulate okay. that kind of stuff so much. What what would be yeah. the end? What would be the end? First off, multiple um, mass shooters. Very, very rare. I, I can't even think of a single case of of a multiple mass shooter. So it's it's rare. It's odd. Why are we thinking that there right. were multiple shooters? And and what what hap- Why would the law enforcement community hide that? What would be the end result? I, I, is she giving us any idea yeah. why she believes that there were other shooters? What What's the end game there? Or is it just right. pure speculation? I guess I never did get that. Right. It, it, I, yeah. yeah. And, and let's think about this. I, I was going to do a whole show today on all the bullshit that, that, that's happening in the world, in our country, that doesn't make sense. I, I didn't do it because mm-hmm. it's, I can't even get my own head around it in a way to even present it so that it makes sense. It, it, I want to do that, but it's that difficult and complicated. And all I'm going to do is stick to the stuff we know. I'm not going to go into any weird com- conspiracy theories or speculate on why right. this... I, why would I do that? There is so much wrong that we absolutely know is wrong that we need to focus on and fix. Why do we run off chasing these goofy ideas that don't even make any sense? Yeah, right. Yeah. And it's it, one like thing said, to say. Not, what, what can we do about it? It's one thing to say the government is pushing us into EVs. There's proof of it. They're yeah. giving big tax right. credits to companies. They're penalizing internal combustion engines. They're telling us they're doing this. That's a big problem. Let's go deal with that. But why do we want to run off and waste a bunch of energy on, well, we think there were multiple shooters. Even if there was, so what? Yeah. What What would it mean? So what? Right. I just don't know okay. with everything going on in our world, why people waste time yeah. on some of this stuff. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. What can we do about it? So, yeah. Well, thanks. I just, uh, I didn't, I didn't mean to, uh, bring a, a, a no, that's the, I, I'm glad news we, to the table. <laughs> I'm glad we talk about it because people should understand just because somebody has a YouTube channel and a hundred thousand followers, it just, 
just ask better questions. Try Like my question. Oh, okay. Let's say there was an extra shooter. Now what? Yeah. I, think I would just like to ask right. this person that question. Now what? So what? Uh, yeah. Yeah, you know, and it's possible helicopters involved. I don't know. Do you remember what I said? Uh, her name? Uh, I'm just curious if you watched it. You probably have the same thought, but uh, I just wanted you to check it out if you had a chance. <laughs> yeah, no, like I said, there, there's enough stuff we can okay. absolutely prove is wrong, and, and we should yeah. be focused on that, not all this speculation that doesn't even make sense. Oh, right. Okay. I'll do and uh, being prepared. Oh, there you go. For All whatever. Right. Yeah. I, no, I. that's the kind of stuff I love to talk about. Bring it to me. Let's talk about it. Um, but we're done talking today because we are all out of time. And I've got to get out of here and make room for Mike and Kevin Beckett coming up in under 10 minutes. So don't go anywhere. I'm going to close out this show. We'll get their show started and they will be live here in no time. Uh, call them up with weird questions today, too. They could use some of those. We will see you back here tomorrow. Let's see. Do we have anybody uh, verified for tomorrow? Let's see. Gonna look back through my notes real quick. Um, Joel is confirmed. Haven't heard from Henry or John yet. So Joel and I will be here tomorrow. There might be others. We will see you then. Be safe. Be profitable, be fit and healthy. Always do the hard work and master the journey.